All right, so if you could say one thing to all black women at the same time and every single one of them heard you mm-hmm. and no one else did, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. It's time. It's time right. to like... Stop saying yes to other people. Start saying yes more to yourself. But it's also time to stop playing small. There, I think, is something that all of us are on this earth to do. And so I think really getting in touch with that and like not allowing other people's voices and other people's opinions kind of sway you from the thing that is only you can offer this world. Mm -hmm. It's time to tap into that and make it happen. So I think there are, you know, people sitting on all kinds of great ideas and they're Mm -hmm. afraid of like, what are people going to think? And is this going to turn out right? And just start. It's time. It's time. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. We're welcome glad back. to have you with us again. As usual, you got Vince with you. Art in the building. And today we've got a hell of a guest again. Um, this dope-ass sound you're getting comes from DRS Studios. You can catch him at drsatl.com. Yes. I'm trying to figure out, like, I, I don't, I didn't really think about how to intro this episode because everything I came up with, I was like, nah, I can't say that. Nah, that don't feel right. <laughs> I, I was reading out loud. My kids are like, what are you doing? And my wife was like, I don't know, but don't say that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm going to just say that. That's when you know we got a dope right. guess once again. Today we are talking about how black women are doing. And and I don't even know what else to say around it, but I'm looking what forward to What you mean, <laughs> how black women are doing? Why you move your face like that? Stereotypical. <laughs> that's what's wrong with us today. See, that's, right, that's what people go when that question comes right. up, right? Like, oh, you immediately go somewhere that you shouldn't go. <laughs> In my opinion, I could be completely off the but. but I'm going to take a safe, safe route real quick. All right, what you think about black women, man? Tell me, what, what do you see with, with black women? What's going on with them right now? First thing out the gate, I would say love. Um, second thing I would say, underappreciated. Mm. We got a lot of work to do as black men in order to do a better job of appreciating not only our black women that are our wives, but black women that are just black women in society that we see, that we encounter, that we um, engage with. Are you nervous answering the question at all? No. He looked a little nervous. He did look did a little nervous. nervous. <laughs> no. No. All right. Okay. I think we got a lot of work to do. I think that may be why, you know, you can think about, okay, well, everyone has a lot of work to do, but... Yeah, but so, I love... Love, love, love black women. And because I, I do care, I've been married for a long time, and because I do care about <laughs> black women as much as I do, I thought it'd be really cool to have an episode where that's what we talked about. And we talked about it with someone who not only is a black woman, but truly does know black women. And I figured we could talk about it from a, a couple of angles, like what's happening with black women, what can black men do to better support and treat black women, and what can black women do to better support and treat black women. So with that, I want to kind of jump in. But you know, I got to handle this business first. I like how you framed that up. Right. You thought about right, that for a little bit. Right. That sounded real good. That was when, I, when I threw it to you, I said, I got to figure out what the hell to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so 
If you're listening to Wild Black, you already know what we do. But in case this is your first time or you're coming because of the guest today, I want to take just a second and tell you what we do. We tell the stories of black folks in any industry or area who by choice or by force act in a nuanced manner. They do so because of the color of their skin, because of the situation that they're in. Think about code switching or getting pulled over by the police. Think about the things that you do to survive and thrive in this country. In addition, we tell the stories of struggle and success for us, from us, and by us that should inspire us to go and grow. And that's all we do every single episode. But we need something from you. We need you to share this episode. We need you to tell people about us so that the things that we teach and push here can reach more and more ears. We need you to hit iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to us on, rate and review us. And we need you to interact with us. All of our social media outlets are listed in our episode description, but I always love to shout out our Instagram, wild underscore black, because it's extremely popping, if you will, right now. And that's all we need. So with that, I want to introduce our guest. Today we have Dr. Joy Bradford. And Joy is... Is dope. I noticed for a fact that we sat down and had a two-hour lunch at, what was, what was the spot called? It was Taqueria Ta- Del Sol. There you go. I'm not going to try to say it again. The tacos was oh, dope as hell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I was there so long, my job was like, are you coming back? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. Give me a second. I'm be back. <laughs> but let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Joy. I'm going to read it. Dr. Joy is a licensed psychologist, podcast host of the uber-popular Therapy for Black Girls, and an all-around dope person. She's got a bachelor's in psychology from Xavier University in New Orleans, a master's in vocational rehabilitation counseling from Arkansas State University, and a PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Georgia. Her specialties include working with black women in both individual and couples counseling, covering breakup, divorce recovery, depression, work-life balance, relationship skills, and self-esteem improvement. She has got you covered, black women. So Across the board. Right? Please welcome to the show, Dr. Joy. Dr. Joy, thank you for coming with us today. Thank y'all so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Take just a few seconds and tell the folks just a little bit more about you, about your podcast and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Just for the very few who might not know about it, tell those folks. Yeah, so if you're listening, you have not heard of Therapy for Black Girls, you're going to love it. Welcome to the community. Right. Um, So the whole purpose is Therapy for Black Girls. Um, So it's a podcast, but it's an entire platform, honestly. Um, So the whole mission is about making mental health relevant and accessible for black women and girls. Um, So it includes weekly podcast episodes about anything you can think about. Um, So there have been episodes about how to recover after a breakup. Um, The most recent episode I did, um, people of course, Nipsey Hussle was just tragically murdered. Right. Um, and I saw a lot of people very confused about like why they were feeling so intensely grieved right. um, by somebody they didn't know. So right. the episode talked about that. Um, sometimes the episodes are just me. Sometimes it's me with other therapists talking about their specialties like emotional eating. Um, how can you take care of yourself if you've been diagnosed with a bipolar disorder? Like the I gamut. need to listen to the emotional eating one. <laughs> yeah, the gamut of topics. The Twinkies, boy. Yeah, so you can find that, of course, where you listen to <laughs> All of your podcasts, but you can also find it on the website. Um, and there's a pop-in therapist directory. Um, so there are over 1,200 therapists in the directory now who are excited and love doing great clinical work with Black women and girls. Um, so awesome. if you have been thinking about finding a therapist and didn't know where to start, then the Therapy for Black Girls therapist directory would be a great place to start. People, go out there, hit them up, get this therapy going. If you need it, if you don't need it, if you think you need it, if you don't know if you need it, go find it. You probably do need it, just being real. We can't get through life by ourselves. This shit is too hard sometimes. Everybody need a little. Right, you need a little help. 
And your girlfriend ain't the one. Your pastor ain't the one all the time. They got their role, but let's 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 respect the craft and go get some of this, <laughs> some of this expertise, right? So, Doctor Joy, one of the things that we do on Wild Black is we do what we call Wild Black shit. Okay, and it's fun. It helps the listeners to get to know you a little bit better. It's typically a ploy to help someone loosen up, but you do this all the time. We know you don't need it, but we still gonna have fun with it anyway. Cool. So. <laughs> This one, I think this one's kind of cool. Well, all of them, I think all of them are pretty cool. You're an educated woman. We heard all them degrees, right? <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of long words. We heard all those degrees. <laughs> and we saw you went to an HBCU, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So oh, we both love HBCU. Right, yes. right. We yeah. do love it. We oh. do love it. We're HBCU graduates, too. Yes. Oh, nice. But speaking of HBCUs, in what state was Hillman College located? <laughs> <laughs> See, listeners, y'all didn't see that face. Oh, Classic. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wild black I mean, shit. so I know that it was based basically kind of off Spelman loosely, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there was sit in Atlanta. It wasn't. Nope, not Atlanta. That is so It's funny because for the longest, I thought it was, too. I think maybe D.C. Virginia area? Real, yeah, it wasn't D.C., but it, it is Virginia. Really? I remember yeah. him Reese talking about having to go home to Virginia. That's the only yeah. thing that made me think maybe it was close to campus. A black card looking to cure. She went back. She said the <laughs> first name cure. and the last name of a Catholic, Kim Reese. Mm-hmm. Right? She didn't just say the the doctor. She didn't just say the, the chocolate sister. She knew the first and last oh, yeah. name. I like, I, like, I like how you did that, too, though. So she... Xed out Atlanta, right? Or or Georgia, the state. Right. And then she moved That's them to the test taking skills. You saw them damn degrees. Black state. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Like, where else is all the black people, right? <laughs> oh, right there. Here we go. Let's see if that. Mm. Oh, good one. Good one. Good one. That was a good one. <laughs> good one. Second question. Yeah, yeah. Nate. And just real quick, let me, let me say the reason this question is in here is because yeah. <laughs> I do come with some crazy questions sometimes. <laughs> I just, I think this one is. So heavily related to the topic today. Okay. And I'm gonna shut up. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. So check this out. This I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say the question and I want you to sing the song. <laughs> Uh-oh. I want All you right. to sing the song. Cause th- I think that's gonna that, that'll make it. I'm gonna say I can't sing it because it'll give it away, but we we're gonna work it you out. You can, ahead. you can, you can. <laughs> okay. Or or just say it. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, name this song, which I think is nicely related to today's topic of the state of black women. Are you, re- are you ready? I'm ready. You, are you really ready? I'm ready. Okay, Y'all okay. got me nervous, but I'm ready. <laughs> you gonna, you, I got confidence. Okay. But you you got Hillman in Virginia, so that's, that's big points. Yeah, okay. So, early in the morning, I put breakfast on the table. Oh. Okay, Look at stop, that. Stop right there. Stop right there. I ain't you got to say no more. Yes. Okay. Superwoman, my kind <laughs> She was like, come on, man. Like, you know how much that. I Black sang that song? <laughs> Yeah. Secure, secure. So you, you you've sung it before. Yeah. You want to go sing it now? No, I didn't say I could sing it. <laughs> I just you know remember in like middle school or high school singing it like I actually had a voice. I, I figured she'd get that one. <laughs> I figured she'd yeah. get that one. Yeah, but you know what? I want to I want to still say the whole thing so all the listeners know what it is. You want me to do it? You, hey, all right, cool. I know you you got a good voice. You got to sing it though. If you no no nah, nah, ain't gonna happen. Huh? Early in the morning, I put breakfast on your table and make sure that your coffee has its sugar and cream. Your eggs are over easy. Your toast done lightly. All that's missing is the morning kiss that used to greet me. Now, here, here's a bonus question. Okay. Can you sing the hook? I'm not your superwoman. I'm not the kind of girl. You're supposed to sing it, 
Right. She she said it. If, like, if I'm you not... sing it, it'll come with you. It'll come yeah, out. No, uh uh-uh. uh. Y'all I'm not gonna give it a shot. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> you gotta know your lane, and that is not mine. My mom used to play this song all the time. Now, I don't know if that's because my dad had fucked up or she <laughs> likes the song. Could have been a little bit of both. Right. But either way, I know the song. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> this is the last and final question. This okay. is the signature wild black shit Ooh. question that everyone gets asked, and we get some amazingly dope answers. Are you okay. ready for this one? I'm sure ready. Do. What do you love most about life while black? Ooh, I don't know that there isn't anything I don't love about. I mean, besides like the brutality and all that stuff. Um, But the community, the culture, um, I love that like black Twitter can come together on holidays. (laughs) Right, that it exists. But that we come together on holidays and like talk about people's plates, what people's plates look like. And that there's a shared culture that we get even though we grew up in completely different places, mm-hmm. like there, there's something to me that is so significant and powerful about the fact that we get these kinds of inside stories no matter where we grew up in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's super cool. I like that. I think she had some different points that we hadn't heard before. Yeah. yeah. I like that. No matter where we are, we're still, we're still so relatable as people. Yeah. What do you think caused, what is it about the black experience that allows us to relate in things that would normally be unrelatable? How do we do that? Some of it, you know, I think a lot of our history, of course, comes from like a place of struggle and like having to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you think about like the kinds of food that, you know, is typical black food, you know, right. like the scraps, of course, that people used to have to use right. that we, of course, now turned into like these magical dishes that turn that taste amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think some of it comes from there. I could use some fat um, and greens right now. <laughs> but I honestly mm. don't know. Like, I don't know how how we all have these same so closely related experiences, even though we grew up, you know, all around the world. To me, it's incredible. I think it's that black girl magic and that black boy joy I keep hearing about. That's got to be what it is. I'm sure that's a part of it. But you can't explain it. Right, right. No. I don't want to get a secret sauce away either, though. I kind of like it. <laughs> all right, so every episode we have a dope quote. And the dope quote anchors the episode. Okay. Um, every question, every piece of discussion that we have on the show will stem in one way or another from this quote. So I want to read it real quick. And this one's a short one. Even if it makes others uncomfortable, I will love who I am by Janelle Monet. I'm going to read it one more time. Even if it makes others uncomfortable, I will love who I am by Janelle Monet. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that quote? Authenticity. Break it down a little bit more. Yeah, just like you have to be who you are no matter what other people think about it. You you are not responsible for other people's feelings. You can right. only be who you are. How, how are black women doing living that quote? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we are on, we're on a spectrum of like how people are doing right. that. Um, Celebrate 50 years of the Timberland original yellow boot and the culture that made it an icon. The Timberland hip hop royalty boot remixes the classic in a glorious purple waterproof leather with premium crafted details inspired by the four pillars of hip hop, DJing, graffiti, emceeing, and breakdancing. Get yours in select stores or at Timberland.com. Available in men's, women's, and youth sizes. Timberland, built for the bold. Um, And I think a lot of it is related to, like, you know, feeling like you have to be and do something different sometimes, like in the workplace oh, yeah. or, you know, like we can't always be our full selves right. Um, and kind of 
and have people appreciate that because, of course, sometimes people are threatened by that and that kind of thing. But I think you can figure out like how you want to code switch and maneuver in different situations as long as you still have a good grasp of like who you truly are right, right, for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, brother, what do you think, man? So when I when I read it, I, I or read it and then heard it again, it makes me think about security. Like thought process of I'm secure with who I am. Therefore, I can express who I am to everyone, even though I know it makes some folks uncomfortable. Mm. I always wonder, like, what is the the level of of whatever it is, determination, or what gets someone to that point to where they feel secure enough to actually live within a statement such as that? Mm. I think it's, crazy I wonder how many people actually live there. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, especially in, in this society— it is, it's so tough, especially this society being, being black. And then I will assume being a black woman at the intersection of like racism and sexism that mm-hmm. it's got to be incredibly tough to be who you are all day long. I know I fail, right? Mm-hmm. As a black man, 6'4", 300 pounds, I fail daily to be who I am authentically all day long. And I don't have the sexism weight on me in addition to racism, right? Yeah. So, but what the quote makes me think is I reduce it down to... Um, unapologetically black, or in this case, unapologetically black and female. And I think it's um, I think it's something we should strive for. But then the flip side of it is, if we are truly unapologetically black and female, would the nation be able to handle that? If we truly, if we, if all of us turn that on at one time, that superpower came on. Well, I think that's what the happens? fear. I think right. that that's why people try to box us in so yeah, much. I agree. I think that, you know, like you see just a little taste of how amazing and powerful we are a lot of yeah. times. And so people, I think, are very threatened by that. So, Art, you want to take it through this piece, brother? I don't know what we're going to call it yet. We might not call it anything. Just talk. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. Fill in the blank. Okay. Black women need more space. Space. Space from. Do tell. Oh, so it's fill in the blank and, like, explain. Gotcha. We're fluid here. Oh, yeah, right. we're fluid. Yeah, I didn't know it was like a... <laughs> we're going to ride the beat on this one. <laughs> right, we're yeah. fluid. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I think And that was space. an interesting answer. Right. Too. I thought space. it was going to be love. Right. You know, attention. Right. Space. Right. Our male perspective is so right. awful. I'm like, do I need to drive around before I go to right. the crib? <laughs> well, I think just kind of space to be ourselves, like we kind of right. talked about already. Um, but also, like, when I think about space, I think of, like, freedom and resources to, like, do the things that our brains come up with. Yeah, yeah, I like You know, that. like, I think... Hey, black man needs space, too, dude. <laughs> hey, when you talking about us this today? Is right, right, this is not Look, she <laughs> told you. She's like, hey, hey. I knew that was coming up. I cued that. <laughs> All right. Black women should remember their power because it's inherent in us. You know, like we already talked about, like some of the societal things and relationship things that try to like beat that down in you. But I think when you can tap into like your internal power, then you're unstoppable. Mm. Black women must believe in themselves. I like that. You only got one. I knew one that you. was coming, just, yeah. just for the record. You only got mm-hmm. one you. You got to believe in yourself, even though nobody else will. How do you do that? I think you keep setting yourself up in situations that allow you to succeed. So, you know, like trying things and stretching yourself out of your comfort zone, but also making sure that you've like built up enough of a bank account of wins so that when you try something and you don't do so well, then it's like, okay, well, I didn't do so well at that, but I know that I'm still solid because look at my track record. Black women need to forget. Hmm. To forget. I like I like when we get a pause. Yeah. 
Black women need to forget about other people's opinions. Do tell. Yeah, so some feedback is important, but I think you can't let other people's voices become bigger than your own. All right, Black women, this is the last one. Black women absolutely have to immediately stop. Ooh, black women have to immediately That's like the emergency sign stuff. Right. <laughs> right. You can jump off a cliff if you continue to do this. Stop saying yes to everything. And trying to, like, take care of everybody and everything. Like, there's nothing left for yourself. So you. what you're saying is black women are not your superwoman. <laughs> look at, you see, look at, that, look at that. Look at that. Black women, rewind that one. Listen to that one again. That's from Dr. Joy, Therapy for Black Girls. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> That's a tough one, though. It is. Ooh, to it stop is. saying yes to everything? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I think it also happens because we tend to be really good at things. And so when you're good at stuff, then people ask you to do more of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it, you know, gets into some of that, like, people-pleasing stuff that we've been taught. Like, oh, little girl should be nice and you should mm-hmm. be polite. And, you know, and so sometimes you have to work yourself out of that because it goes against who you have sometimes been socialized to think you need to be. But when you're saying yes to everything, then you're not, you typically you're not leaving enough, like, time and resources and energy to do the things that really fill you back up. So you can't say yes to everything because that means no to you. I heard Shonda Rhimes saying something very similar to that in a commencement speech. I don't know, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. She was talking about how everyone looks at her and always sees like the best. Mm-hmm. But the way she explained it was that it's because you're as a, as a member of the public, as someone consuming her work, you're only seeing the small sliver of her. So she was like, every time you see me win here, you're not seeing me lose mm-hmm. over here. Like my children or my right. husband or my friends or my church or my family. Right. They feel the loss. Mm-hmm. That's the opposite of the win that you celebrate. Yeah. And just remember that, which I thought was dope. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like it's it's a trade-off. Yeah. But that fill you up. Like, like so it's like energy being depleted, saying yes to everything, and then you don't have enough time to... Right. I mean, it's just like your automobile, right? Like you can't keep going and driving and driving and driving and never like put gas back in the tank, never get the oil changed. Like you can't keep driving your car that way. You yourself, your personhood is the same kind of thing. A lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of people do that. Wait till the Mm. light comes on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they run out of gas. <laughs> right. right. As, a, as a person, that's gas. a bad situation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so since you just went down and you hit black women with those, those five or six like wonderful nuggets. I want to ask a, a broad question. And we kind of alluded to this in the beginning, but you work with black women exclusively, with the exception of couples, right? Well, I don't do couples anymore, Okay, actually. No longer do couples anymore. <laughs> right. All right, so you are 100% exclusively focused on black women. Mm-hmm. Right, first, I think, I think it's awesome, but being that you talk to so many and have such a deep perspective of black women... What do you think is the state of black women today? Exhaustion. I can feel that. It's the yes, yes, yes energy. Right, right. I mean, I think we're exhausted for that reason. I think the world feels pretty exhausting right now. You know, Mm. if you just like are looking at politics and like, you know, what's happening in different countries. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it just feels like the world in general is very Mm. exhausting. And so then when we're looking at the intersection of like race and sexuality and all of these kinds of things, and you're adding just more and more to that plate. And I think people are just exhausted. So how do you balance Mm. that with the fact that while we understand that black women are exhausted, we're constantly hearing in the news and from friends and family 
where black women are saving the day, right? There was, mm-hmm. I forget what the election was in South Carolina, uh-huh. but like the media headline was literally across the country. Right, black women, black saved, women us. saved us yeah. again. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do black women balance that? Right. Like I'm exhausted, but mm-hmm. at the same time, every place I look, mm-hmm. there's the expectation that I swoop in mm-hmm. and save the day. How, how yeah. do they balance that? I think what I have been excited to see is that black women are changing that narrative. And mm-hmm. it really is about like, no, I'm saving myself. And it just happens to save you too. I like that. So you have kind of gotten swept up in the the windfall of me, like looking out for my best interest, but right. it really is not about saving you. It's about taking care of myself. Okay. Well, let's take that a step farther. Part of the exhaustion is like, so in, I've done marketing for years mm-hmm. and I did African-American marketing for years inside of that. One of the insights that constantly came back on black women was that they're constantly given, hence the exhaustion that you speak about, Mm -hmm. right? They're given to their jobs, to their families, to their children, husbands specifically, right? Mm -hmm. So, Partners. Right, partners. If they're exhausted, but they're constantly giving, how do you help them? to turn that and then focus on self? Mm-hmm. How, do they, how do they make that switch if it's not what they're used to? Well, I think you do that by being more cognizant of the things that you're adding to their plate. Okay. So is there, because I think women in general do a lot of this anticipating of other people's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but is anybody, can anybody step in and do that for us? You mm-hmm. know, so can you be already thinking about like the black woman in your office who is like, working her job and somebody else's job and she also got to like throw the office birthday parties. Right. Like, can you think ahead of some of the things that you could maybe do to take some stuff off of her plate? So I think it, it kind of could come naturally if more people were looking out for us in the same ways that we tend to be looking out for other people. So as a populist, we need to be more proactive in the care for the black woman around us. Yeah, and caring for yourselves. Right. Because I think a lot of times, like, we're picking up, like, the the weight of people not doing what they need to do for themselves. Right. So some of it is about setting better boundaries, but some of it is also about the other people in our lives making sure that they're doing what they need to do for themselves. Gotcha. So what does taking care of oneself actually look like? Because mm-hmm. I, I could see scenarios where, yes, 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 I'm, I'm doing all this that's really important that I need to knock out. However, I don't really know what I need to do for me Mm -hmm. to refuel or re-energize me. Right. Yeah, so I think some of that comes from, like, sitting quiet and actually figuring out what that is. um, Because I think we are so busy a lot of times that we're not even paying attention to, like, well, what do I even like to do anymore? Like, I was talking to him about how I was rushing here from soccer. Like, you know, my life is like kid schedule now and, you know, all of these things. And so I think making sure that you are being intentional about taking time to just be quiet and, like, sit with your thoughts to see like, okay, what kinds of things am I interested in? Is there something that I used to really love doing that I don't do anymore? How can I get that back in my schedule? Um, I think making sure that you are paying attention to like your sleep and are you getting enough physical activity? Like all of those things that like are the, you know, when we talk about like getting your oil changed and putting uh, gas in your car, like the functional, like basic necessities that you need, like just to kind of keep your body moving. I think sometimes we even forget about. So if you had a focus on like improving the self-care of black women and understanding that we all need to be focused externally and internally, what would be the one thing you tell black women to do? Mm -hmm. Say no more. 
that, that, we, we covered that. <laughs> boundaries is a big thing that I preach. I mean, people right. who listen to the podcast know. Um, and boundaries really is about like saying no more, like letting people know where the lines are for you and that, right. you know, and it's not just setting boundaries. That's the hard part. The hard part really is enforcing boundaries. Right. Um, because especially if you're somebody who is used to kind of having very loose boundaries, people will, of course, push back on that when you start setting more firm boundaries. So they're going to, you know, want to manipulate you and make you feel guilty. Like, oh, you don't usually say no. Like, what is this about? You know, and so sometimes people have trouble, like they can get to the first step of setting the boundary, but right. then when somebody pushes back on it, then they're like, okay, well, never mind. You know, so I mean, so really kind of shoring up enough like confidence and enough understanding of why it's important right. to set these boundaries, I think is what people really need to work on. And I think people struggle with boundaries because it often feels like I'm disappointing other people or I'm saying no to other people, but it really isn't so much about the saying no, it's more about the saying yes to yourself. And I think that's a lot of what black women are sometimes uncomfortable with because right. we aren't often socialized and taught to kind of be self-focused. Right. You know, it really is about taking care of everybody else in your life. So the idea of taking care of yourself feels very uncomfortable. It feels right. very selfish, you know, but other people don't tend to struggle with that kind of thing. Like right. I see that almost something that black women do more than other people, right. um, you know, so it really isn't about being selfish. It's about continuing to feel yourself so that you can continue to show up for yourself and for these other people. I think it's interesting how you put that because I, I agree, like, personally, I don't have a lot of trouble with that. With the exception of the only place that I have trouble with that is with my children. Mm -hmm. And and I think because that's the only place I really have trouble with that, that I don't feel overwhelmed from that effect. Because I, I'll tell somebody no in a minute. Like, nah, I'm not. Nah, I can't do that. I can't. You have to holler me later, man. I can't do it for you. With my kids, I don't. Right. Because then I then I feel that guilt. Yeah, well, you're responsible for right. them, too. Like, the right. little people. Right. Yeah. So... I want. I know we've, we're talking about this a lot, but I think it's important. How? I'm trying to think how best to phrase this. Okay, so if I wanted to learn how to ride a bike, listeners, I can ride a bike. This is an example. But if I want to learn how to ride a bike, <laughs> and someone came up to me and said, "Just ride the bike," mm -hmm. I would. I would struggle. Right. So in this case, when we're telling women, black women specifically, that listen, you've got to focus on yourself. Right. We know that you've got a thousand different things that all matter to you pulling at you. But is, can you break it down into like a few tangible steps mm -hmm. that the women listening can then start to put into Almost like when you want to become a, a vegetarian, the first thing you do is you cut out like one meat type, right? You don't right. cut them all out because you're going to exactly. fail. So yeah. how, how can they piecemeal their, their way to success? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think if you think about the thing that makes you cringe the most mm -hmm. when like it pops up in your email box or you get a text message about that is the thing that you want to like look at. Like that's probably a mm -hmm. boundary that is glaring. Gotcha. Um, you know, so sometimes that is a friendship. Sometimes that is a friend who is like draining and you know, anytime they call or text, it's going to be like a two hour draining conversation yeah. that's likely going to end up with you having to do something. Yeah. Right? That you probably um, so, don't do. so I think that you did not want to do, right? So I think really looking at like where are the places that feel very sensitive in that way and making a list for yourself of like, okay, these are probably the areas that I need to focus on. Right. Um, sometimes people even have trouble with stuff like sending a meal back if it's wrong. Um, Ooh, so I got some no of trouble that, there. Yeah, some of that people-pleasing kind of thing, though, so they will just, like, you know, kind of grin and bear it. Or even um, returning something to the store if it was, like, the wrong size or it didn't fit. So sometimes, like, very small right. kinds of things with people who don't, like, show up in your life in other ways— could be a really good step. Um, and also making a list of like all of the things you have obligated yourself to. So are mm. you the president of the PTA and you're also over the, um, you know, Women's Day Committee at church and you 
doing this with your sorority and all of these kinds of things? Like, what are all of these other things that you're doing, like outside of like work and family? And is there a way that you can cut down on some of that? You know, so you can maybe still be involved, but do you have to be the chair? You know, so I mean, again, I think, again, we do things really well and it makes us want to do more and it it makes people want more of us. Um, But you don't have to do it all like you. It's okay to leave something for other people to do, too. That's great. I, I love the point about about that friend. And we talked about this last time. Listen, I'm trying to reduce the usage of the N-word, especially after talking talking with King J. But there's still one, there's one phrase that like it just fits. So if, if you driving or you sit in your house and you got that friend who's gonna bug you to death, if he or she calls you and your first thought is this nigga here, like don't that's the one you don't need to answer. <laughs> that's that's the only place like, I can still use that word. Look, or answer it and be like, nope, and hang up. <laughs> nope, can't even do it right now. No click. Oh, this nigga, yeah. Like, right. that's, that's, that's the one. That's who she's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody got one or two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Look, one or two of them kings and queens. Right. <laughs> yeah. But real talk, king just don't fit this king. Like, it, yeah, that it, don't, it don't, 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 don't curl all the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, I love what King J said, and I, I agree. I can't say one hundred percent, ninety eight point seven percent. But in that phrase, because check it out, because cause then people look at you like, well, why don't you want to do what the king wants you to do, right. like or the queen, like what? What's wrong with you? Right. But this thing here is like yeah, everybody I get it. That. Like I understand because I got the same. Mm. All right, so, okay. Well, sorry for, for for swaying there. No problem. Why should black women go to therapy? <laughs> I think everybody needs to go to therapy. That's true story. Um, so I you're agree. kind of joking around in the beginning about it, but I think the, a, a huge misconception about therapy is that you only go to therapy when you're in a crisis. Right. Um, and of course, that is a great time to go to therapy to try <laughs> right. to manage the crisis and kind of get us back to, you know, stage one. Um, but you could also go to therapy just because you want to have a space to kind of talk about whatever is going on with you. Or if you realize like, hey, I don't actually know what I like to do anymore and I need to figure that out. Therapy could be a great place to do that. Like there are so many different reasons why you could go to therapy that as humans, it would just be a great idea. Like it's a great feeling to go somewhere and spend an hour just talking about yourself and what's going on. Like how many of us have that kind of space? Not a lot of us. Um, You know, so I think therapy is a really good way to kind of just form a relationship with somebody who's not in your life in any other way. Um, So I know judgment is a huge thing that people are afraid of from their Mm -hmm. therapist. Like, oh, does the therapist actually think about me? That kind of thing. Um, But what we're thinking is that we want to be there to listen and support you. Right. Um, You know, and so you don't have to worry about your therapist judging you. Just go and form a good relationship with this person so that you can get the help and feedback that you need. Well, she came ready today, didn't she? She was ready. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about therapy. Oh, it sounded so good, right? Like, she came I'm going to go to therapy right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get a therapist. You get a therapist. <laughs> yeah. So what, what would be the first step of somebody who was like, eh, you know, I don't, I, you know, because we, black people, yeah. generally are like, Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I need is a therapist. Right, right. How do you how do how do we overcome that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one, I think acknowledging that that exists, right, and has helped has stopped us from getting into these spaces that could actually really help us. So, I mean, acknowledging that that is true, that we've held on to that, but is there really a need to still hold on to that? Like, do you really have any evidence or proof that like you need to kind of not support therapy anymore? Probably not. Um, but I think 
it is important to kind of figure out like what kind of person would be a cool person to talk to for you. Right. Um, so therapists are as different as we are as people. Um, so even though a lot of us have a lot of the same training, a lot of who you are as a therapist is about who you are as a person. Right. Um, and so the research has been consistent that the thing that will let you know whether therapy is actually going to be most effective is the relationship you have with your therapist. So mm. first and foremost, you want to find somebody who you feel comfortable talking to. Um, you want to feel like you are talking to somebody who gets you. Um, and you also really want to make sure that they have experience in working with the thing that you are coming in for. Um, so even though all of us have like general kinds of skills, mm -hmm. there are certain things, you know, that we have different certifications and extra training in. So if you are, you know, struggling with something like an eating disorder or PTSD or um, anxiety or something, you know, beyond just like I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life or, you know, some of the more like general human kind of conditions, um, you do want to find somebody who has specialization in the thing that you're coming into therapy for. Gotcha. So to, to, to extend that question a little bit further and then giving thought to a lot of people who are going to therapy are going to be using the benefits they have through their insurance at work. Mm -hmm. And not everyone, but a lot of people will. Yeah. How, how do they explore what therapist is best for them mm -hmm. knowing that going into it, depending on their, their coverage, they have three covered sessions or mm -hmm. 15 covered sessions. Mm -hmm. how, how do you how do you vet your therapist mm -hmm. when you have so few coins to yeah. vet with? Like yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is. Um, so one, and this is, I hear this a lot, that it is an incredibly frustrating process to find mm -hmm. a therapist, especially when you add in the idea of insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so I hear that, I get you, I know that it is. Visit um, therapyforblackgirls.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so you can find twelve hundred, right? You 1, can right over twelve hundred. Listen, I got you through that. No, no, over, over twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. But the therapists there indicate which insurances they take, so you can right. search by insurance. But you also maybe want to get a list from your insurance company right. of the therapists in your area who are covered. Gotcha. Um, because, you know, the the worst thing I think that can happen is that you find this therapist that you fall in love with and you're like, oh, they would be perfect. And, and you realize. Out of they're network. They're out of network, right? <laughs> they, you owe $1,2200, 15 cents and three shillings. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to have yeah, that Yeah, we send happen. a Debo to get our money tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have that happen. So finding somebody who is in network, I think, mm -hmm. is, a, is a really good idea if you know you're going to want to use your um, network or insurance. Right. Um, the other thing that I would let people know, though, is that therapists are licensed by state. Um, so if you're open to the idea of virtual therapy, then there may not be somebody who you could get to their office, you know, mm -hmm. driving distance, but you might be able to meet with them virtually. Um, so we have HIPAA compliant platforms, kind of like a Skype or a FaceTime call right. where you could meet with your therapist and still do some awesome work. So if you're open to that, then that may give you more options in your state as well. How do they find out about that? Because I think it's called Talkspace, I think mm -hmm. is the one I'm familiar with, because mm -hmm. they were advertising in podcasts left and right, right for a while. Right, right. How, how do people find out about those type of, of, of options? Mm -hmm. Well, you you can call the therapist and let ask if they offer virtual oh, therapy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so Talkspace is like a separate platform that kind of makes it easy for you to find somebody because it right. is all virtual. Um, but you can also like call different therapist offices to ask if they have ah, virtual therapy gotcha. and in the therapist directory on our website it also allows you to check a box to let people know that you offer virtual therapy okay, so new guy question here knowing that therapists are licensed from state to state mm -hmm. does that license only impact where they can practice or who they can like so i live in georgia can mm -hmm. i call a therapist in texas who's licensed in texas no okay so no. i have to there has to be a georgia 
based therapist for me. Right. right. Okay, cool. Yeah. If we if somebody from Texas saw you mm-hmm. um and they were not licensed in Georgia, then they would be operating outside of their practice and could get gotcha. in trouble and lose their license. Gotcha. 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 Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's strange. It's like I can have a doctor in another state. Right. Like a a, a medical right. doctor in right. another state, right? Right. But yeah, therapists are only licensed Something in their special states. about the state you're in? Is <laughs> well, we all have it? different laws. Um, so kind of generally, there's like a code of ethics that most therapists uh, abide by. But every state also has different laws about how mental health professionals can practice. And so you, as a part of getting licensed, you have to take a test. So that means you know the laws of that state. And so we don't take those same tests if we live in different states. Mm. So that's that's one part of it. But there are some states who are looking at, like, some parity kinds of things and, like, uh, what do you call it, reciprocity, so that you could practice in, you know, multiple states. But we're not there yet. Anytime someone says reciprocity, I instantly think of Lauren Hill. <laughs> I so, mean, it's kind of a natural right, thing. thing happens. And we were talking about Lauren Hill <laughs> right, earlier, too. So. Right, right. All right, so what are the most common misconceptions that black women have about themselves? And what are the most common misperceptions that black men have about black women? So I think one of the most common misperceptions black women have about themselves is that we kind of need to be doing everything for everybody. There's um, a theme. There's a theme. <laughs> that, that is a very mm-hmm. clear theme. Because I think a lot of us are socialized in right. that way. You black know, women, y'all need take... to sit down someplace. <laughs> y'all just need to sit down. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of socialized in that way. And they say, and do what? <laughs> right. That's, that's what would be the response to that. <laughs> Right, still need to be doing something. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I think that is one of the common misperceptions that we have is that we need to kind of constantly be doing something and mm-hmm. taking care of other people. Um, and then the second part was, what do other people what think? Do, what's, what's the most common misperception that black men have of black women? Oh. Hmm. As, as spoken by black women, I guess I should add on. Like, So when you're sitting down with women, mm-hmm. what are they constantly saying? Like, you know what? My husband, or even my partner in this mm-hmm. case, always this. I don't know if that has come up very much, but I do. It's think... actually probably a good thing. It means they're focused on themselves when they when they're with you, That's <laughs> right? Just sure. what they I should mean, be doing. But sometimes they're relationship stuff, of course, right. that we're talking about. Um, but I do think that sometimes black women get into this place of like having this hardness, um, like exterior and, and kind of not letting people in. And I think again, a lot of it is a survival kind of thing. Like you've needed to right. be hard to operate in different spaces. Um, but that also then sometimes means that people can't get in, and so people maybe don't really know the real them or they have not allowed people to know the real them because, you know, of being hurt in the past or it has not felt safe to do that in the past. So I do think there's sometimes um, a feeling that people don't really know black women. Like, you don't really know me. Okay. Well, we've got some listener questions that I want to get into before we run out of time. But I want to ask one, maybe two other wild black questions. I'm being greedy and selfish. I'm sorry. (laughs) So... You mentioned on your website that there's nothing more awesome than a woman who knows her power and walks in it. But every woman doesn't know her power, nor does she walk in it. Mm -hmm. So for the woman who does not yet do that, how do you suggest they find that power? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think paying attention again, sitting down. Sitting down somewhere and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, journaling, I think, can be really helpful to do that so that you can kind of pay attention to, like, if there's any patterns in your thoughts. Um, and think about, like, the places where you come alive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, is there a particular song that you listen to or a particular outfit that makes you feel really alive? Like, what are some of those things that really light up your life? 
Um, I also really like to encourage people to kind of go back to childhood and think mm-hmm. about what kinds of things did you really enjoy doing then? Because I think as we grow up, like we get away from the play and stuff that's really important to us as kids. But I think sometimes when you reflect on that, it can help you to think about like, okay, this is where I felt really alive, like jumping rope or, you know, is there something about that that you can then incorporate back into your life that makes mm-hmm. you feel alive again? So you, I am going to sneak one listener question in before I ask my other, but you mentioned journaling. And this morning we got a question that came from a listener mm-hmm. and it was, it was about, I wasn't going to ask it at first, but mm-hmm. since it's come up, um, her question was, was really simple. It's like, how do I journal? Mm. So how does that happen when 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 she sits mm-hmm. down to write? Mm-hmm. What is she writing about? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of people get really intimidated by journaling because they're like, right. okay, what am I going to do with this? Um, I, I just write you... song lyrics, bro. That's about all that come out. <laughs> hey, whatever comes to mind, right? So, I mean, but Although I think there are a lot of different... Come... There you go. There you go. <laughs> Came out. <laughs> You holding that in. You knew it would happen before the end. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of different ways you can approach it. Um, So, you know, you could do more of like a freestyle, kind of like, okay, what comes up when I sit down at this blank piece of paper and just write down that? Um, A lot of people really enjoy gratitude journaling. So, making a list Mm -hmm. of like three things um, that you're grateful for, like if you do it in the morning or three things you were grateful for from the day. Um, And that can help you to kind of get in a space of like being more appreciative of like what is good happening as opposed to all the not so good things that are happening. Um, So that's something that's really powerful. Um, There are also lots of like journal prompts that you could like just download from the Internet or different journals. You could even purchase that has like a prompt for the day or a prompt for the week. If you So it's like a a thought starter for you. Exactly. Exactly. So for somebody who's like wants to journal but doesn't quite know where to start, you may want to look into either downloading some of those from the Internet or finding a journal that has a prompt for the day and then lets you kind of free flow from there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right, so if you could say one thing to all black women at the same time and every single one of them heard you mm-hmm. and no one else did, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. It's time. It's time that's, for that's, us that's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary. Shit, I need you to add context because somebody might hear that. Be like, Ooh, I'm taking yeah. this. He, time. I'm taking this. We shit. getting information <laughs> <laughs> like right now. <laughs> Right, that's exactly what I thought. Four bases, that sounds real limited right now. We're getting information. It's like people about to die. No, we want to take it up to the next level. No, but I think, think again, kind of coming again back to the boundaries, it's time to like stop saying yes to other people, start saying yes more to yourself, but it's also time to stop playing small. You know, Mm, like I I have um, recently just been thinking about You know, like there, I think, is something that all of us are on this earth to do. And so I think really getting in touch with that and like not allowing other people's voices and other people's opinions kind of sway you from the thing that is only you can offer this world. Mm -hmm. It's time to tap into that and make it happen. So I think there are, you know, people sitting on all kinds of great ideas and they're Mm -hmm. afraid of like, what are people going to think? And is this going to turn out right? And just start. It's time. I love that. It does scare me a little bit because then... (laughs) Like, that's the shit that, that you hear in the movies. Like, when all of a sudden somebody wakes, like, the machine wakes it's up, it's time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Like, we taking over everything. <laughs> now. Right now. <laughs> it's time. Woo. Yeah. But to that, we're joking, but to that point, like, 
men haven't done, like, we hadn't done the best job running stuff. I would have to concur. So Clearly. Right. Yeah. Maybe it is really time. Like, you know, I, I know time. we're talking oh, about primarily I, white men, but, right. you know, black men got some responsibility there, too. Right. And black women are saving the day left and right, so maybe <laughs> it is time. got more points on the board than we do right, right. now. <laughs> Can I get a little heads up when that message goes out? Just want to make sure I'm extra right. nice You're to the white... Nope, 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 nope. Oh, man. See, it's time. You see right. how she sits... <laughs> I can hear the Beyonce song in the background. Right, right. You know, That's the theme you know music to it. You know it's a whole it. Beyonce track related <laughs> to ready, ready to go. when it's time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's get into a few of these listener questions. Um, I want to ask the one that, that made me laugh so much okay. first. So, I hate my husband. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my husband, but I love him more than anything in the world. <laughs> we need counseling, but I won't go because I'm scared that I'm wrong and I don't think I can change. Ooh, what that's you, what, a loaded question. It is. It's a lot to unpack there. I hope that's the only thing loaded around there, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot there, and we don't have a lot of information, so I don't even really know where to go with it. Um, but I would encourage counseling. I mean, because you're saying that you hate him, but you also love him, which to me lets me know, okay, there's something that could be work there, but mm-hmm. it also sounds like you're afraid of the work that you need to do. Also, I don't know if I want her to get the it's time message either. <laughs> because... <laughs> She might be like, she's oh, scared. I'm out. Right, she's scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Yeah, but I think, I think you can't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. You can't be afraid of like, you know, mm-hmm. doing the work that you, it sounds like you know you need to right. do. Um, that could be helpful in like sal- saving and salvaging your relationship, but it's probably right. also work that you need to do just for yourself in right. general. When I read this, it felt to me like this person already knew what needed to be done. It was looking for an excuse to not do to it. To not Correct. do it. Right. Mm. And they were scared about them being wrong because they probably think that they are wrong. Right. right. Maybe yeah. are wrong. And I mean, we're human, don't right? Change. Like, we, right. we're not always right. You know right. what I mean? So it's okay to say, like, I'm wrong and I need some help to, like, figure right. out how to do the right thing here. Right. So I would encourage you to try counseling if you both are open. Cool. We go to the next one. How do I instill self-esteem in my children if it's broken in me? Mm, that's another good question. You got some good listener questions. Um, so I you think <laughs> it sounds like Man, it. When, when I put that up and and told them who was coming, mm-hmm. it lit up a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. You got you, you you are known. Like <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. So I think. Making sure that you are, like, affirming them and validating them is really important for kids in terms of uh, developing their own self-esteem. But I also think it's important for you to figure out, like, how you can feel less broken. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really don't like the word broken because that Mm -hmm. makes me think of, like, gadgets, like, clocks and stuff. And I don't feel like humans are broken. What's something you would suggest that she use to describe, like, in the future when she's having these conversations? I'm hurt. Okay. Or I feel like I need some healing in a in some kind of area, but you're not broken because you're gotcha. not a clock, um, you know. So I think doing some work with a therapist, it sounds like, is really important um, because you. I think you can still like instill self esteem in kids even if you don't feel like the best about yourself. But I right. bet it would be even better if you were feeling better about yourself and doing some work to feel good about yourself. So. Gotcha. How can I? This one's longer. Uh, how can I, as a black woman, approach another potentially more successful black woman? for help and mentorship, while I keep her defenses from going up. I've tried, and often the black women that I approach have this, what do you want from me, or I don't have time attitude. Mm, That's another good one. 
Um, so there may be some truth to that. She really may not have time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've already been talking about like needing to say no right. more. Um, so that may not be the worst thing. So maybe good on her for having boundaries. Um, but I also think that people sometimes have um, unrealistic expectations of mm-hmm. mentorship and and it doesn't always kind of play out the way that you thought that it would. Um, so I typically think like the best mentorship kind of happens organically. Right. Um, so does this person really know you or did you just cold email them and say, right. hey, I want you to be my mentor? You know, because typically that is not going to, right. you know, and if this is somebody who's like super successful, like she may not actually have a lot of time. So right. um, I think it could be important to like, listen to like any interviews that she's done because that a lot of times people who are super successful have done like lots of podcasts right. and written books and dropped so gems left you, and right yeah so I mean so is there something that you really need from this person individually that you could not find somewhere else first um, so I would say to start there but then I would also encourage you to try to develop like an organic kind of an, a relationship with this person if you feel like if you really feel like okay there's something I need from this person in particular um, and thinking about like are there other ways that I could get this. Like, does it have to only come from this one person? Like, could you take a class somewhere? Is there like a Facebook community or other social media community that you could be a part of where you could get some of this information? You know, like, what is it really about this person that you're feeling like you need to like have more access to them than you do? Gotcha. That's that's amazing how you (laughs) how you frame that because it it, you started with the person that she was going after, the thought process that maybe she doesn't have enough time. And she's really, <laughs> yeah. like, and it goes right in alignment to it coming back to the person who has the question mm-hmm. and what you can do right. as, as the person who has that question. And I, I yeah. love that. Yeah, something else I wanted to address, like she said, or I'm guessing it's a she, um, said, I don't want their defenses to go up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be responsible for other people's you know, reactions to anything. So take that weight off of your shoulders. Like there's right. nothing, you can't ask it so sweetly that they <laughs> right. like, you know, like want to just Aww. give you the world. Like, right. Come on, baby. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, don't stress Easy yourself out thinking about, <laughs> yeah. thinking about the perfect way to ask it because you're not responsible for their reaction. That's a good point. Like I, I didn't even consider the perspective that you gave. I, mm-hmm. I didn't even think to reflect internally for that. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that mm-hmm. maybe they just are busy. Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of my <laughs> lived experience too, right? It. Like a lot of like psych majors will email me and, you know, want to interview me for their class and, you know, all of these kinds of things. Right. And I honestly don't have time to like, if I right. did all of those interviews, like when am I like seeing clients? When are you doing your own thing? When am I doing my own work that y'all love so much? Right? And you'd like, be so. exhausted, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Some so, yeah, so some of it is around like protecting boundaries, and you know, like I, I'm, I do a, a weekly podcast where people have an opportunity to ask questions. I'm live every Thursday, you know, so there are multiple opportunities for people mm-hmm. to get information from me. So like, I can't answer all of these individual emails and interview requests. I don't know how you keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, help. <laughs> <laughs> I have an assistant and a team of people who help with a lot of that. Okay. <laughs> What is your advice on removing mental roadblocks that have been built as a child? Like believing that I'm not supposed to be successful or I'm supposed to serve and support a man. Mm. I paraphrased that one a little bit. For okay, me. okay. I got to see what the real deal question was. <laughs> the, um, I think the spirit of it's there. There were, there were some you. extra words and stuff in there, okay, but the spirit is okay. there. Yeah, so I mean, anytime I hear mental roadblock, that lets me know that there's probably some work to maybe be done with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you've tried to like figure out what it was for yourself and you're, you can't quite get there. Um, so maybe getting an outside perspective could be really helpful. 
Um, I also think that it's okay for us to like realize that some of the stuff we were taught as kids, like is really not super useful, Um, you know, and it can be harmful in a lot of ways. So, you know, kind of continuing to hold on to this stuff just because our parents told us it was important or that it was like the right thing to do is not always the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think sometimes we have to kind of be honest with ourselves and realize like I'm not necessarily disappointing my parents because I don't believe this thing. You know, they maybe did the best that they could and gave us information that they thought was helpful that is actually not. Um, you know, so I think letting go of things that no longer serve you and realizing it's okay to, like, develop your own ideas about what you want in your life and what success should look like is an okay thing to do. I got I got one real quick. Go ahead, bro. Um, I'm thinking about folks who've never been to therapy who are considering going to therapy because we all kind of vouch that it is highly important and something that everyone should do. Mm-hmm. At the end of a session, how should a person who's attending therapy feel— that's a good question. And what does the therapist feel mm-hmm. generally? Mm-hmm. That is a good question. Um, so sometimes, honestly, if you have been like sitting on stuff that's like painful for a while, the experience of telling it to somebody for the first time can make it feel more painful. Because then you're like shedding light to this thing that has been in the darkness for some time. Um, so while in the moment it may feel kind of uh, invigorating and like, phew, I finally got that off my chest. Sometimes there's like some shame that comes up, like, oh, did mm. I really say all of that in that session? And like now this other person knows this about me. What are they thinking? Kind of thing. Um, you know, so I think people should expect that you may sometimes feel worse before you feel better um in therapy. And every every session is not going to be like, okay, we knocked out a different goal today, right? Like it's not typically like, okay, we use our 50 minutes today to do this thing and you leave with a nice bow tied all up. It is not always like that. You know, sometimes sessions will feel that way. Um but most times they definitely don't. Um, and in terms of what you're thinking about as a therapist, so it it, it definitely is not so much of like, oh, that person really messed up kind of thing. Like we typically are not thinking that, um, but we probably are thinking about like, oh, I'm really glad that they finally shared that with me or I feel really honored that they felt comfortable enough here to share this thing that they had not told anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe thinking through like, okay, what kinds of things can I be doing to help them the next time they come? Yeah. So mm-hmm. is the thought process more from a um, from a therapist standpoint, more clinical in the approach of how you help them? Most times. Okay. Yeah, most so times. So it's not I like, mean, uh, oh, I got this information about a, a certain person, right? No. Because some people think that, hey, I'm going to keep it in because I don't want another person to know about yeah, it. And then, yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes therapy special, right? Is that mm-hmm. you know we're not getting on Facebook saying like, girl, guess what just I just heard. <laughs> right. You know? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I mean, so the confidentiality piece of it is what mm-hmm. makes therapy the thing that people want to do mm-hmm. or even consider um, because you know that it's not being shared anywhere else. So, I mean, there are some circumstances. So we do want to make sure that you are safe and that other people are safe. So if there's anything said about um, you harming yourself or someone else, then that may be something that needs to be reported. But otherwise... Everything that you tell your therapist stays in that office. And so you don't have to worry about, you know, seeing it on Twitter or something like that um, because it will stay in that space. So real quick, listeners, if I if I didn't ask your question, I apologize. We got several of them and some of them, frankly, were just probably too personal or to ask on the air. So we did not. But before I ask this last question, brother, you got anything else you want to put in there? No, I think I'm good. All right. So the nerd in me is coming out just a little bit. <laughs> Are you an Avengers fan? Ish. 
<laughs> I've watched the most popular movies. I, I can't say. So I've you've seen, seen Infinity War. Yes. Well, so you know who Thanos is. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is my. Oh, she's a fan. You, you, <laughs> right. The answers are coming way too quickly. Right. I mean, I know yeah. she was from, from the last movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. But I don't. I never have seen like Doctor Strange and stuff. So I only but the fact know that about you know him. him. I'm, I'm with you, brother. Yeah. yeah. She's a yeah. fan. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing game. Non fans don't even know who Doctor Strange is. I heard. Yeah. She led you to that. Tickets already. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, that makes me want to go back and say, I'm going to repeat the dope quote. <laughs> Even if it makes others uncomfortable, <laughs> I will love who I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I, I think she is a super fan no. and just didn't want to tell us. Oh, yeah. oh, God. I wouldn't go that far. But he, <laughs> here it is. Thanos, love him or hate him, right? <laughs> right? You know, mm-hmm. I think it's complicated as to if he's truly a bad guy or not. He obviously cares. <laughs> Does he? See, I th- I think he does. Oh, that, okay. Like, he he sacrificed his own child and destroyed half the planet to save the other half. Maybe maybe I shouldn't get the maybe I shouldn't get the it's time no, message. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a little concerned you might be over identifying with Thanos, and I'm a little worried. But you know, we we're in public, oh. so I think we're probably safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so check it out. If you had that same power that he does to, to snap his disappear? to snap his finger and make stuff disappear, exactly. Okay. But in this case, you weren't making people disappear. Okay. You were making behaviors disappear. Oh, okay. What would be the behavior that black women exhibit that you would snap your fingers and make disappear? Hey, does this go into alignment to the same thing when when she had that message go out too? <laughs> so she got a message that she hit him with. And then she yeah, then the the baby. It's happened at the same oh time. Oh my god, she okay. all powerful. Yeah, she is. I am all things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would want to make people's insecurities disappear because I think if you are not insecure and not thinking about like other people's stuff, then mm. you then have the the audacity to kind of walk in your own power. I like that. The audacity to hope. <laughs> Barack, let me get a little, a little piece of that, right, that change. Get a little, little commission. <laughs> right, just a little bit. Yeah, so they got a, a dope message. It's time. It's right. Time. And then now they don't have any insecurities. <laughs> right. We ready. We ready. I'm terrified. <laughs> Beyonce is president instantly. Uh, Correct. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. The hive is information. I'm look, We're I'm ready. wondering who's Secretary of Defense. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about See, that one. I wonder who that would be. Oh, it's going down. <laughs> you better believe it. Mm-hmm. All right, I lied. I got one more question. If you had theme music every place you went, what would it be? I already have theme music. Oh, shit. Yeah, Girls Run the World by Beyonce. Sing? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. not even hypothetical. There's a couple themes in today's episode. <laughs> There's a couple themes. Beyonce. <laughs> right. Well, Dr. Joy, we have enjoyed having you I on the it. show today. Thank this is a lot you. of fun. We, um, at the end, we always love to turn the mic over to our guest mm-hmm. and give he or she a few moments to just tell the people whatever it is that's on your heart to tell them, yeah. including how to find you. Yes, no, that's where I was going. So <laughs> right. I would love for you to visit therapyforblackgirls.com to check out all of our incredible resources. Um, it really is some dope content. Like people... Uh, 
I'm very big on community. And so it's really important for me to be producing information that people have said they wanted and needed from me. Um, so the the website and the podcast and all of that is stuff that has, that people have said they wanted and needed. So check out the website if you haven't. Again, that's therapyforblackgirls.com. You'll find a tab for the podcast, for the directory, for all the different blog posts. Um, if you like this kind of conversation, then I am live on Facebook and Instagram every Thursday at noon Eastern time. Um, so pop on over to Therapy for Black Girls and you can join the community and we can keep the chats up. Cool. Brother, you got anything? Women empowerment is probably the most important thing. I think um, I have two girls. Oh. Um, so my house is full of women. Yes. And so I'm all about ensuring they're extremely empowered. So when that signal comes out, <laughs> they are, they'll be ready. <laughs> they're already ready to go. They're on the front line. I might need them as some lieutenant. Right. Matter of fact, they'll be like, uh, my dad's going to be okay. So everybody else, y'all got something to worry about. But no, but but, but seriously, I, I really do um, appreciate the level of content in how you approach black women. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's really cool that it's an exclusive thing. Like, mm-hmm. you, you've, you've centralized your focus on black women. Yeah. As if, you know, you understand the power of what black women truly exhibit. And I, I just love that. I think that's I super do. dope. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it, it comes out. Like you, <laughs> you, you, oh, it's crystal. <laughs> crystal. It does. It Theme does. music. <laughs> Come on. Look, she had an answer. She had to think about it. She knew it what it was. Yeah. So if, if black women listening, this, this is a great episode. I mean, I, I, and it's, it has some nuggets of what we need to go do. Like, sprinkled in with some humor, but when you peel back the humor, it's some really good nuggets. Absolutely. I've got some queens and princesses in my life that I want to do nothing but the best and have nothing but the best. My mom, my sister, my wife, and my daughter. So I don't have anything to add. Like what I can't, I can't add anything, right? I I live my life listening to them as best I can, trying to provide and support them as best I can. But I, just like the rest of the world, can be better at that. So we thank you for coming in and helping us get a little closer to where we should be. Perfect. Absolutely. I appreciate you giving me the space to do that. Wild Black Peace, we out. We out.